as a society now, you talk about the everyone gets a trophy society and we don't want to be politically incorrect or we don't want to offend someone and you have to think about everything you say. Um, I know my wife would smile at that because often she wishes I would think a little bit more before I speak. Mm -hmm. But as a society, I, I think we are becoming soft. Uh, hi, welcome to episode 12 of For What It's Worth Coaching. I'm Coach Ty and I'm here with Coach Hines. And uh, today's topic, we're going to hit on stop avoiding challenges. Uh, before we get started, we would like for you to go after the show and go check out our Instagram page. It's uh, For What It's Worth Coaching. Uh, like us, share us, uh, share us with uh, all the parents and friends that you have, and maybe even some coaches that um, that you think that would benefit from our from our opinions. Um also, we were we were lucky to have J.C. Navarro from uh, J.C. Navarro Films taking care of our filming and editing. Uh, he's a great friend from church, and he does great work. Uh, so if you want to make a film that will captivate, inspire, and move people into action, then go visit jcnavarrofilms.com and then visit his Instagram page at jcnavarrofilms. I'm a little worried about that before we go on. About what? Because J.C. was telling me offline that a lot of people are uh, starting to use his services now, and yeah. we better not lose you, J.C. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying that. Getting so popular off this podcast, it's uh, his head swelling as he's looking to the camera. But uh, we also have another sponsor, which is GameStrat. Uh, Coach Hines has used GameStrat uh, this past season with uh, Coronado. Uh, how do you like it? Absolutely love them. I've talked every time about the customer service. They are top of the line as, as far as everything from last-minute phone calls, questions we may have, to the, the benefit of having instant replay in the sidelines. If you coach in a state where they allow that, and I think most coaches, uh, football uh, leagues, divisions, allow that now, um, check out GameStrap because you will not be disappointed. It's a great app because they also do uh, lacrosse and uh, basketball. So if you're a lacrosse or basketball coach, or maybe even volleyball, check them out and see if they're uh, they're they're u worth using for you. Um, so let's jump into our topic: is uh, for players, parents, and coaches, and uh, pretty much the big topic: stop avoiding challenges. And uh, we came up with that one with one of your tweets uh, back in, I think it was probably what, February, early February, early February, then the ninth. Um, I'll let you go ahead and read it since you wrote it. The, uh, <laughs> what, what I tweeted out said, uh, rather than trying to avoid challenges, realize that it's facing challenges and that can ultimately fuel our passion and success. I'm paraphrasing right now what I tweeted. I realize that my eyes aren't that great, so I, I pulled away a little bit and just paraphrased. But uh, avoiding challenges. Um, I, I always cringe a little bit when I hear myself say, back when I was playing high school football or back when I was playing college football for two reasons. One, I feel like I'm dating myself. Mm -hmm. And two, I realized when I heard my parents or coaches say that, I thought, man, but you had your time. This isn't about you anymore. It seems uh, like the credible credibility of your story goes away once you use that. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, that being said, I think most people listening to this would agree that as a society now, you talk about the everyone gets a trophy society, and we don't want to be politically incorrect, or we don't want to offend someone, and you have to think about everything you say. Um, I know my wife would smile at that because often she wishes I would think a little bit more before I speak. Mm -hmm. But as a society, I, I think we are becoming soft. 
And I think we're doing a tremendous disservice to not just our children, the, the young men, young women we coach, but to our society as a whole when we create this generation. And it really is, we can't blame the kids. Because we're creating the generation of everyone gets a trophy. Everyone just gets a trophy for showing up. We talked, I think it was a podcast or two ago, about the benefits of showing up that allow you to get more playing time. you got to show up to get noticed. you got to show up and put in the work. But I think as a society, too often people now are trying to stop facing hard times Mm -hmm. and trying to stop their children from failing. And there was an old school uh, comic strip that came out uh, not too long ago, the uh, circus comic strips. And it said, you know, back in 1960-something, there was a mom and a dad standing by their, their child pointing to a report card that had some bad grades on it, saying to the child, what are you going to do about this? And then it fast forwarded to present day, and it had the mom and the dad, the report card, pointing at the teacher, saying, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. Saying it was the teacher's fault that the child wasn't doing well. Um, I, I, I can go on, and we'll talk a lot more about this. But what, what's your initial reaction when you read the tweet, when you saw this? What thoughts came to your mind? Well, definitely. And one thing that, you know, we both have sons around the same age. Um, They both made choices. And I think one of the tough things, even as a coach and, you know, father, and you see your ex-players go off into the real world, um, if you shelter them as far as not being able to make mistakes and take responsibility for the mistakes that they've made, whether it's missing a ground ball or missing a pass or running the wrong route or forgetting a homework assignment or not studying or not writing down the homework assignments and making sure that they're ready for the next test, they're not going to learn to be self-prepared for anything, any challenges that are ahead in life. Because there's one one time your son or daughter is, is leaving the nest and they're going out into the real world, whether they're going on to a Division One school as an athlete or Division One school non-athlete but academically or going into the workforce period. They got to be able to learn on their own and be able to make those mistakes and learn from the mistakes because we can shelter them all that we want from from those mistakes, but they're definitely not going to learn because, you know, they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but not unless it's coming from a parent because you just start talking to a parent, you know, they start rolling their eyes. And I know for my son, he's off away to college right now, and there's stuff that he calls and confides in me, and I know what mistake is going to go start happening, but I got to let him make it, make the mistake, unless it's, you know, something unsafe, something that's really going to mess him up for the rest of his life. I'm going to have to let him make it, unfortunately. But, you know, he learns a lot. And yeah. um, and it's amazing that they are resilient. They're kids. They're growing up. They're not fragile little beings anymore. They are. They can move on and, and learn, um, make their own decisions. Yeah. I uh, thought just – I didn't even think about speaking on this topic uh, when we agreed to have this be the topic. But mm-hmm. just uh, a few years ago, I teach fourth grade. I teach elementary school. And I had a, a parent – I'll be very careful here not to give anything away, and I doubt they listen to our podcast. But uh, this particular parent said, man, Mr. <laughs> Hines, you killed us this year with those book reports. And I looked at him, and in my mind, I'm like, what? And I, and I looked at him, I said, we had five all year. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but man, it's just a, so-and-so, if we weren't on her all the time, she wouldn't have done them. I'm like, then let her fail. And he looked at me shocked. I said, wouldn't you rather have your child fail on one book report in fourth grade and learn a valuable lesson than if mom and dad are always there 
pushing that child. You have to show up to practice. You have to do your homework. You have to, and not letting them fail and realize, all right, if I don't show up to practice, I'm probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. If I fake being sick and don't go to school enough, I'm going to have a lot of work that piles up and I might be in a bigger hole than I thought. If mom and dad are always creating those those safety nets and those little baby gates for them, they're never going to grow up and learn those valuable lessons. Um, I, I had heard a while ago, and I wish I remembered the, the rabbi's name, but there was a video going around on YouTube of a Jewish rabbi talking about lobsters of all things. And he was talking about the, the fact that lobsters only grow when they become so uncomfortable in their shell that it forces them to leave that shell and then start to go and, and create a new one. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, and I'm paraphrasing once again, um, but he said, if, if as human beings, if we had to really get uncomfortable to grow, we would never grow as human beings. Because what do we do? We get really uncomfortable, we go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. We medicate ourselves. We get really uncomfortable, and we look to blame someone. We point fingers. It's, it's in those uncomfortable moments. I know as a football player, as a football coach, I'm sure for you as a baseball player and a baseball coach, after you suffer that tough defeat, that tough loss, I watch more film after a loss mm-hmm. than I do after a win. And sometimes, sometimes that, that, that's to a detriment. But sometimes after you win, you feel really good about yourself and maybe a little bit too good about yourself. And you don't have to reflect on, all right, we won this game, but where can we do better? Now, I do take the time to break down the film after a win as well and see how we can get better. But it's after those losses that... You really learn about yourself, not just as an athlete or as a coach, but as a person. Mm-hmm. How do we respond to that loss? I know I've had jobs before that I've not gotten. And I would never pick up the phone and call my mom and dad and complain about that. Right. But I think society nowadays, you know, there's such a habit of people calling, parents calling the coaches about playing time, or parents calling the principal or the teachers about certain grades, and not sitting down with their children and saying, what could you have done better? Right. What can you learn from this? And how can you apply it to not have this happen again? I, I think we're, we're doing a disservice to our children when we don't want them to fail. Yeah. And because it's easy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, easy absolutely. to blame someone else. It's easy to have some type of blame something else besides yourself. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of taking a hard look at yourself, look hard, you know, look really hard in the mirror and say, okay, what I could have done what did I do wrong or what did I didn't do right that, that had this result? Yeah. You know, instead of shilling, oh, the coach didn't put in the right play for me. Well, did you run your route correctly or, you know? Because, right. you know, if you look back, you know, you look back in NFL, you see, you know, Randy Moss taking plays off. You know, really, I mean, what if that one play, he, he took off running and the other guy ran his route correctly, the pass went to the other, the tight end or whatever, and he got a touchdown and win the game. Yeah. You know, it's it's stuff like that. You know, it's like even though you don't have the glory, you know, still do your job and take responsibility for your job so that other your whole team can succeed. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you a question that I feel like I know the answer to. You never put me on the spot. <laughs> I do love putting people on the spot here. <laughs> um, would you, would, it's kind of a, not a trick question, but there's a certain point in the year that I know is that so many people say they're not taking any L's this year. They're not taking any losses. You know, what – what time of year is that? When people say, I'm done taking losses, done taking L's. Oh, probably after your first loss. <laughs> well, that or New Year's. New Year's. I saw all over oh, social yeah. media, I'm not taking any L's this year. I'm not. Stop that. Stop that. By saying I'm not taking any L's, you're saying, listen, I'm not going to grow. You know, if every time I showed up to work, everything went well, 
human nature, I'm going to get really comfortable and start sitting back a little bit. Definitely. You know, it's the uh, Eric Thomas, this guy, a big motivational speaker that uh, <laughs> I came across one of his uh, talks, if you will, just a few days ago. And he was talking about he doesn't want to wake up and be the man. But he wants to wake up every day and say, I'm chasing the man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm that guy. I'm the one that's – these are his words once again, so I'm not taking credit for it. But I want to be the guy chasing the man. Definitely. And if, if we don't look at losses and challenges as a blessing, we're missing – I think we're missing a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we have to really embrace the fact that the greatest athletes, the greatest inventors, the greatest businessmen, businesswomen probably faced more losses – than most of us ever will, mm-hmm. but they just had the resolve to keep going. Mm-hmm. They had that fight inside of them that we talk about all the time. They had that why, that passion that said, you know what, this loss is here for a reason. This challenge is here for a reason. And instead, instead of always trying to go down that easy path, the path of least resistance, they face challenges head on and win or lose are better off for having done that. Definitely. And losses, you learn so much. Yeah. You learn about yourself. You learn about your teammates. You learn about your fans. You learn about your coaches. There's so much to be taken away from a loss. I mean, win- winning is great. You know, it's 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 contagious. So is losing, but it's how you lose. And then one of the toughest things is like when I watch my kid, when I watch when I coach baseball. You know, we lost a game and it was like nine to eight, and it was oh, it was a great game. I mean, it was probably one of my favorite games I coached. And unfortunately, I was on the losing end, but the kids were bummed about it. I was like, man, guys, the way you lost this game, it was I would lose every game like this because you guys fought, you guys stayed together, and there was no stopping you. I mean, I would take you guys to battle any day the way you played today. Yeah. But then the following game or a couple of games later, we lose one to nothing to a team from the Inland Valley that's really not that good. But they lost because they weren't. They didn't show up to play, mm-hmm. you know. And that was one of our things from one of our other podcasts is just showing up. They didn't show up, and that's what got me mad. Is because well, we lost because you guys didn't show up and come and play. You thought because they were this certain team and they didn't reach your expectations of how a baseball team should be playing, you lowered yourselves. You didn't keep your bar up here. Yeah. You brought your bar down here to their level, and that's why we lost. So that stuff, and then um, you know. Being as a coach, you know, we talk about wins and losses during the season, but what if you have a losing season, you know, as a coach, right. especially a new coach coming into, like you did the other day, the other, a couple of years ago with Coronado. I mean, you don't know what you're getting yet. You're putting yourself in, and you had, a, you had a decent season. You were changing a culture, you know, but there's a time as, a, especially as a newer coach in a new organization, or you're a new coach, first time head coach, or even a first time being an assistant coach anywhere. You gotta have some. You gotta have enough um, mental capacity to sit back and reflect on how you are gonna be as a coach, yeah. and change. And be, you're gonna have to change every year because your teams kind of change every year too. Absolutely. You know, you know it, it's funny. I'm. I'm uh, I was preparing a talk f- for a few weeks from now, and one of the things I'm, I'm going to share on that is building a successful culture, a team culture, a winning culture is more challenging than building a skyscraper, the Eiffel Tower, the Great Wall of China. Because those things, once you put that block in place, once you put that steel structure up, that's there. Mm-hmm. And you just, that's a great point, Coach. The players we have, whether it's through graduation or through <coughs> moving in or moving out, that is always evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely, that's a great point. You will have to be uh, flexible in your approach of how you're creating that. Um, 
Babe Ruth. Now, I'm not a baseball guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But is it true that he has or holds the record for the most home runs? Not anymore. Darn. Not anymore. Who does? See, now I'm putting you in the spot so without meaning season, to. It's uh, Barry Bonds. Yeah, you put me on the spot. I'm not good on stats. Okay. Well, and I'm not a stack guy, but was it true? I remember reading something once that said that Babe Ruth, who at one point held the record for the most home runs, mm-hmm. also had struck out the most. Yes. You know, it, it goes back once again. It's all encompassing of if you don't show up, you can't compete. Correct. And if, if you're going to show up to compete, you realize that every time you have a game, every time you step onto that field, the court, whatever it is, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. Yeah. Now, Sometimes there are ties. I think that's un-American. Shouldn't have ties. Mm. But uh, you, mark you, tie. you, yeah, mark tie. <laughs> Glad you didn't say my tie. Yeah, right. um, but every time you show up to compete, there's going to be a chance that you lose. Oh, and yeah. if you define success as winning and losing, and you stay in any sport long enough as a player or a coach, gosh, ninety nine percent of us are going to be on the losing end mm-hmm. if we stay in something long enough. So you've got to define success something far greater than just wins and losses. Definitely. Um, my, my final thought on this, and I'll, I'll let you close this out with, with anything you have on your heart, but stop avoiding or stop trying to avoid challenges. Embrace challenges. None of us wake up in the morning and go, God, come on, bring it. Give me right. some challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to tempt the big guy upstairs and say, hey, bring him my way. But man, we have, to, we have to realize that the challenges placed before us are there for a reason. And it's to find out what strength we have inside, find out what strength our coaches, our teammates, our family members, our loved ones have, and realize that none of us are self-made. There's no such thing as a self-made man. And any of us that have ever reached any level of success have done so not only by facing challenges, but by facing them with others that have helped us. Right. And one of the things, too, is especially as a parent, and I know I'm guilty of it when my son was going through there, is when your kid does fail, you got to allow them to be able to process it themselves and be able to figure out, okay, why did I did this, you know, made this error? Why did I make this mental judgment running around first too far? They got to be able to, because they already feel bad, you know, especially as a parent, because sometimes it can go the opposite way. Instead of shielding them, you can be pushing too hard. And, um, you know, it's a lot about your kid, your son or daughter's self-growth in that sport or academic situation or some type of hardship that they got to learn to be able to turn it on and turn it off and be able to let it go themselves. So um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun watching your kids go through that because once it clicks, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's awesome. Not only your own kids, but on the baseball field, football field, when you actually you, – they may not say anything, but when you see them run that route just a little crisper – and you're like, okay, he got it, yep. you know? Or they got that little cross-check and little uh, lacrosse, and you're like, okay, there we go. We're good. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great, it's, it's a great growing, um, great to watch your kids grow in that way. Absolutely. Sit back and watch the show. Yeah, yeah. And that's so much of our job is empowering mm-hmm. our children, empowering our student-athletes, empowering those that we're blessed to coach, um, and realizing that, through facing these challenges head on, that's where their power is going to come from. Definitely. All right. Appreciate you guys uh, giving us a listen. Please share, follow, subscribe, send cash if you want. And we'll put a little link there. I'm I'm not opposed to that. No. Um, Appreciate you. Take it for what it's worth. Stay strong. All right. Thank you. See you.